Hello, everyone, and a very warm welcome to another edition of Marketing the Invisible. My name is Tom Poland, joined today by Karen Kopp. Karen, a very, well, g'day, welcome. Where are you hanging out? Thank you. I'm hanging out in Bedminster, New Jersey, and it's New- freezing here. Yeah, well, it's it's a tale of two two climates because we've got like, oh, I don't know, 90 degrees today and bushfires raging all around us, and you're sitting there in New Jersey <laughs> freezing your butt off. Freezing, just freezing. <laughs> Well, we'll move on from climate. Karen is the chief door opener, very clever, at <laughs> Cop Consulting, whose door opener service has been helping thousands of business leaders and salespeople secure initial meetings with high-level decision makers and PS people listening to this. This is the hardest form of marketing, period. <laughs> so she's been doing that in almost every major company, including Procter & Gamble, General Electric, Merck, Verizon, Kraft, Target, CBS, the list goes on. Best-selling author, nationally recognized speaker, and expert in business development. She's been seen on Inc., Forbes, Newsweek, and has a faculty is a faculty member of Vern, the wonderful Verm Hamish's Gazelle's Growth Institute, which is a very structured approach to growth, very effective, founded on the Rockefeller habits, I believe. Karen, thank you so much for giving up your time. It's a real privilege to have you on the show. Thank you for having me here. We will get rock and rolling since we've got such a limited period of time. Our title today is How to Create a Sales Message That Gets the Door Opened. And Karen's going to share how to do that in just seven minutes. Karen, our seven minutes starts now. Who is your ideal client? Our ideal client is a business leader who needs more executive level meetings than they can get on their own, either through themselves or with their sales teams. Perfect. Thank you. Question number two is, what's the problem you solve for those folk? Yeah, the problem that we're solving is getting these doors open and saying something that really matters to the decision makers. Mm. The decision makers are phenomenally busy. Their calendars are completely full. So if they're going to bump three people off their calendar and make room for you, you have to say something that is so compelling that they can't live without that they're going to agree to that meeting. Because you're targeting some of the busiest, most time poor and actually most stressed people in the world. I mean, yes, people... Yes, absolutely. It used to be a couple of years ago, you could say, I have an interesting resource for you, and they would take a meeting, but no more. Now you have to say something that's infinitely right. more powerful than that. Yeah. And, you know, those of us who are in a business think that we've got a lot to worry about, a little bit of anxiety. Folks, unless you've been there, you have no idea the presses and stresses of reporting to a board, of colleagues, of people trying to political games, etc. So we've got to get the cut through. We've got to have something that's going to motivate them to want to know more. Five and a half minutes left. Question number three is what are some of the typical symptoms of this problem that people are experiencing before they find your solution? Right. Well, of course, fewer than desired meetings. That's an obvious one. Mm. But another obvious one is too many decision makers who say that they're not interested. No, thank you. I have a good solution in place and there's no need for me to take time on my calendar to learn about something new. That's one of those things that we recommend that people put in their CRMs and track the number of times you're getting that objection. Because if you're getting it too often, you need a stronger message. Right. It's not really that they're too busy. It's that your message, your value proposition is weak by the sound of it. Thank you. Four minutes, 45 seconds left. What are some of the common mistakes people make when they're trying to solve this problem? So before they get to your solution, they're going to be aware of the problem. They're going to be aware of the symptoms. 
and they're going to try stuff. So what are the things they try that are doomed to failure? Well, sometimes they fire their salespeople instead of changing their message, and they, they shouldn't really do that. Sometimes they, they just throw marketing at it and hope that that's going to create a better message, but they never actually went back and looked at the words that they're using to see if those words are working hard enough for them. They do a lot of things wrong before they finally get it right. And one other thing that they do is they don't ask an expert for help. Yeah, big mistake. And it's like, well you know, we're doing 10 every hour and it's not working. So maybe 50 will work. It's like, <laughs> what we're doing isn't working. So let's do the more wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've all done that mistake. So thank you. So three minutes, 50 seconds left. Question number five is what's one valuable free action that someone listening to this with that problem, with those symptoms could take? This action is not going to solve the whole problem. They'll need your services for that, but it will take them a step in the right direction. Right. So they can incorporate what we call the COP gap method of sales messaging. It doesn't solve the entire sales messaging problem, but here's a little strategy for you. It's three sentences. It's fill in the blank. Anyone can, and you fill in the blank, but not everyone can, and you fill in the blank. For example, fill in the blank. Start with that and see how it does for you. If it's done properly, it will render your competition irrelevant. Wow. Could you give us a real-life example of that statement? Sure. Anybody can say they give great customer service, but not everyone can prove it, for example. Ooh. And then you layer something in that's incredibly powerful. Oh, very, very nice. Thank you. Heaps of time left. Two and a half minutes, in fact. <laughs> Question number six, what's one valuable resource that we could direct folk to that's going to help them even more? Right. They can visit our website, which is copconsultingusa.com, K-O-P-P consultingusa.com, and go to the blog section of our website. I've been writing for years lots of tips and ideas that will help you to get in the doors, do better when you're in there, and close more sales. Thank you. That's copkowpconsultingusa.com. So right. we've got two minutes left for question number seven, which is what's the one question I should have asked you but didn't? And the answer would be nice too, please. <laughs> well, I think that you could ask when should somebody give up on a prospect? Because there's a lot of different ideas out there about when somebody should give Great up. Question. But in our world, as long as you've done a really good job targeting, and that means taking a wide group of prospects and making it more narrow, focusing solely on those people who would find you to, one, be an obvious solution, two, willingly pay what you want to charge for your products and services, and then also feel urgency around having a meeting and taking next steps. So if you can narrowly define your target group like that, there is no reason to give up on a prospect. In fact, Dan Kennedy said the difference between garbage and salad is timing. So hang in there because your competition won't. Perfect. Karen Kopp, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for checking out our Marketing the Invisible podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. It's very much appreciated. And if you want to generate five fresh leads in just five hours, then check out www.5hourchallenge.com.